Welcome to the Homeowners Institute. I'm Fred Gutierrez. Today we have a couple of friends of mine, Dan and Haven. I've known them for a long time and I've seen them go from a very modest project, maybe 15, 20 years ago, to some more complicated design intense projects. And now they're building their dream home on Martha's Vineyard. They've organically gone from smaller projects to big, and I think they've learned a lot of lessons along the way. They're tremendous leaders because of their openness and their willingness to listen and be inquisitive about processes and products and ways to work. In this episode, we learn a little bit about their childhood homes and how these affected the way they want to engage with the world and with their projects now. And I think they're just a really enjoyable couple to listen to. I think we can all learn a little bit about how to position ourselves to contribute and lead our projects. Please enjoy our interview with Dan and Haven. if you guys can talk about your childhood homes what was special about them that you carry today in terms of an idea of home one of the most memorable things about the home where i grew up was we lived on a very busy street right across from a hospital so <laughs> you hear sirens at all hours and you had to really be careful you know when i was a little kid it was like don't go near the road, you know, yeah, that was for my 18 years of growing up there. That was always there, constant traffic. So when I eventually, what I said, when I grow up, I'm going to live in a house. I don't have to worry about getting hit by a car. Like, okay. Like like that, or not. And I don't want to hear cars. I definitely don't want to hear sirens going by in the middle of the night. Right. So, but at the same time, it had sidewalks. I could just walk on the sidewalk down to my friend's house but as far as I guess in the inside of the house, I don't think I've been that picky. No. Well, he's struggling because he grew up in the eighties and his mom was wall to wall carpet and wall to wall to wall. Oh, we're going to get wall to wall. Yeah. And wallpaper. And, um, I'm bringing some wallpaper into our house build. And it took a little bit for him to be like, what? Uh. My, My parents put wallpaper up in the living room. That was, 10 <laughs> it was 10 it didn't have any patterns in it maybe there was a slight texture to it but everyone would come in after we put up and my dad put it up himself yeah <laughs> he did a nice job you could see the seams but just not very well right and every time people would come over yeah. they all had the same question which i'm sure you know why didn't you just paint it <laughs> Perfect. There's like Perfect. a lost generation of, of people that grew up in the 80s, isn't there? I, yeah. I haven't really yeah. considered this. No, they're out there. They just don't talk about it. Well, yeah. not only was he 80s, but he was New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, oh yeah. Double. Oh, look at the new chandelier I just got. I just got it last week. At, <laughs> a lot of brass, brass fixtures and literally plastic covers on couches or couches mm-hmm. that you were not allowed to sit on. I couldn't. There was a couch in my friend's house that I, I couldn't sit on until I was like 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I 
maybe this still goes on, but like towels in the bathroom that you're not supposed to use. I don't think that still goes on. Hanging towels. I grew up with that. And I'd dry my hand and my friend's mom would be like, Daniel, you're not supposed to use those towels. You're (laughs) supposed to use this towel to dry your hands. Those are decorative. So there's really no nostalgia. There's just, there's just uh, humor, uh, humor and and running away from from the core. So my story is totally different. Okay. Well, I grew up in the South. I grew up very poor, single mom. Dad was not present and very Southern family, like poor Southern family. My dad's Mm -hmm. side was wealthy, Northern, but I I didn't, you know, didn't have a relationship with him. Okay. Um, So, you think it's somebody famous? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, who is that? Yeah. Is it Oprah? Yeah. Every time a plane goes over, you have to think about who is famous. Jay-Z. It's (laughs) Jay-Z. So, I didn't grow up with a home, so we stayed in rooms of houses or we would sometimes rent like a room Mm -hmm. with with other people in a house okay i don't want to say i grew up homeless because we only place to sleep yeah but we did not have a home um okay and we moved all the time okay um and home was not a secure place for me at all okay okay so when i turned 18 and went to college was when i first started to really set up my own home and it was so important to me so leaving like my mom's chaos um Mm -hmm. doing the best she could but um home became like the thing for me And I would like thrift store shop, you know, amazing finds and had like a whole set of silver, you know, actual silverware that I had found piece by piece. And it became like my whole safety. I got married at 23. We bought our first home or condo in Boston when we were 24. So my first husband, we did financially very well because we were hard workers. We would self-renovate and then sell it. So did well with real estate, but we were in Boston or Newton city suburbs. You know, I had the Cape and that was like amazing because, you know, I had owned a lot of property Mm -hmm. and I grew up without even like, we certainly never owned a house. We really didn't even like fully rent a house you know Mm -hmm. there was never something that we called our home right so it's always been really important to me to own so then now you know I really started burning out on city suburb life and my career and Mm -hmm. everything thinking about moving here how it connected to my childhood was my grandmother was my favorite person in the whole world my mom's mom sweetest little southern lady had a very traumatic life herself, married my step-grandfather who was in the Navy and had a little pension. And they bought a piece of property on an island in the Outer Banks of North Carolina that Mm -hmm. overlooked the water. Mm -hmm. And my grandma built her dream home there. That's the house that I always Uh. considered my home. So not where I was with my mom, 
that home okay. came to my life, I think when I was 12. So that was always home and it looked at the water and it was modern and mm-hmm. cool. And I'm sure they did it on a total budget, but I loved it. Right. And, you know, it, they owned it. So then, and she was 50 when she did that. Okay. Young grandma. So when I turned 50, we moved here. I sound like an asshole, but we have two houses that overlook the water now. Right, right. Um, and six acres of land. And we worked real hard for it. To me, that's like coming full circle of where my comfort was. If I'm looking at the water, you know, being on an island is really mm-hmm. safe for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, that's where it connects for me. <clears throat> right. Do you think the the act of making is part of what a home is for you? Because it, and that this, this kind of, this project that you're doing is, is, is a true work, you know, from nothing, um, yeah. essentially, where you've renovated other things, but this is a true full circle piece. Is this your home? This will be your home. Yeah. This is in a, my... in a way that in a way that your other properties weren't. Yes. I feel like the other places we we always knew we were leaving them. Okay. You know, we always knew we're gonna move here, we're gonna sell mm-hmm. this, or we're gonna, mm-hmm. you know. Um and this is finally like my haven, mm-hmm. you know. And yes, the it's the the process of creating a home is probably the most important thing for me in my life mm-hmm. which is funny because of my name um creating spaces is my thing you know with my practices right. you know creating the space for the right you know <clears throat> therapists and I mean right. we, we ended up creating oh my gosh how many offices like probably 16 16 yeah. offices creating those spaces was mm-hmm. so fun for me right um creating the space of our home but yeah this i mean we were on our property two nights ago and every time i see it i get inner teary because mm-hmm. we have a home and right i just keep saying like they're they're building us right our home like these wonderful lovely hard-working people are building a home for us to live in like we can't believe it Right. They're building it with you. Yeah. Well, it's I'm good. not, I'm not banging any nails. So no, 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 <laughs> but, but, but you're the first creator. You're the catalyst for the idea of what this is. Yeah. So it all comes back to you as the author. So you should take a lot of pride in that, whether you're driving a nail or not. Yeah. But, then th- but what, what's nice is the creativity of the people can add to that work of art. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. From our <laughs> Yale professor architects to the Brazilian immigrant who's standing mm-hmm. on the top of our roof. I mean, like mm-hmm. the team is amazing. I couldn't even yeah. look the other day because there were two, you know, sweet, you know, Brazilian men who literally risking their lives on the top of our yeah, roof. They're on the and roof. I was like, yeah, not oh my God, in. you're doing that for yeah. us. Like, I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> my gratitude for them. And yeah. It's, I, I just can't believe yeah. that they would do that for us. Yeah. Well, they got a profession that gives back to them too, because it allows them to be creative. They're building legacy yeah. through you 
in the world. And I think that's why a lot of builders enjoy their work and maybe sometimes undervalue themselves because there's an immediate rush of adrenaline and fulfillment in making something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes builders will do it and not charge appropriately for it because there's so much reward in, in actually making it. Mm. But um, wow. it's good to see that that pride of making something is important for everyone. So I've been thinking about, you know, the arts in school. I think the biggest problem we have today is that we, we call art art. And I think everything is art by classifying, you know, painting and sculpture as art. You take away from the people that are framing a wall or, or just even running electrical wire, mm-hmm. that creative act that there's more than one way to do it. And there's, there's beauty in, 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 in making something efficient and logical and meaningful. Yeah, definitely. This house is going to be a total work of art. It's been incredible to see, and we feel really lucky to be able to be here. I mean, that was actually really important to me when we thought about the timing of everything. And one of the things I said to Dan was, this is so important to me. I'm different than a lot of people building a home. You know, for me, this is like a fourth child. It's like the culmination of a lot of hard work in my life. And so I said to him, like, I want to be close to this. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it going up. So that was a huge part of our moving six years sooner than we thought or however long. Something like that. (laughs) It was a lot. I mean, actually relocating our family. Like my kid goes to a different school. Right. Um, I mean, there's more to that story, but. And that's why we own two properties. Yeah. Because we, yeah, we had to have a place so you here. can't rent anything year round. Yeah. Right. So we had to buy something and we're so glad we did because we love our backup property way more than we expected. And we right. got out of the city suburbs <laughs> yeah. and that right. was important for me. But it's such a gift to be able to watch each part of when things got plumbed in, we were the water got brought in that was so cool to see like huge trenches you know like up to my head trenches where piping was being brought in and watching the framing is crazy right the house shape is so magnificent I mean so simple right so glorious and watching that so that's a gift yeah I imagine there's a comfort level to knowing your home as it evolves, like seeing these things that you might see a photograph, but you don't experience it in the same way as seeing it put in place because you just be able to sleep better at night, knowing that the layers that are behind things, not that you know whether they're right or wrong, but they're just the fact that they're there and, you know, they were put in with a lot of purpose and attention. Yeah. When they poured the concrete Mm-hmm. That was really huge because we got to go down and it, it was still Green. a little bit cold and moist. Yep. Yeah. And I just like kept running my hands over it and like, these walls are for us. Yeah. Remember that? We were like, mm-hmm. these are our walls. They poured that for us. It's so cool. So where are they right now with the project? What point are they? They just put the roof rafters up. So we're still heavy in yeah. framing. Okay. The shape is starting to come together. 
Yeah, and like that was it, a I really mean, exciting that, time. You start to see the spaces that you kind of yeah. dreamt about, and they're becoming real volumes. And this is where the big changes can happen. Like I don't, you don't want to be disruptive. People need some predictability. Like you don't want to change things, but you can only see it now. And to make a slight adjustment could be very, very meaningful. It's how the space feels really, rather than how it looks. Right. It's going to change a little bit as, as the, as the walls yeah. go up and the acoustics are going to change. And even then it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I know. We stood inside for the first time because there was an actual inside. And that was pretty cool because we could start to envision like, oh, this is the kitchen. And right. This is. You can see where the windows are going to be put in, which I love. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty, you know, we've got Owen. We've got our kids, but Owen's going to be living in the house. You know, he's, okay. he's an angsty, you know, 14, almost 15 year old, but. I don't know. There's something really cool about it for me, building him a house, not that he right. should have any interest, but you know, like the other day we showed him his bedroom. Right. I don't know how he reacted, but. Yeah. He seemed interested. He seemed interested. He was, yeah. yeah. He I mean, how Where cool is, is that be? though? Like as a kid, oh, yeah. like, Oh yeah. So yeah. Building my bedroom. It's really amazing. And this was like, completely untouched land right. so there's something about that too right. Right. You know, we felt it was really so we i bought we bought this land pretty impulsively i just had this gut like this is it mm -hmm. and when we really started to work with the architects i mean we had had the land for a while they were like whoa there most of this land is completely unbuildable <laughs> and like what was the percentage? Oh, I, it was something crazy. It was like a hard to believe percentage, it like was, less than 1%. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was like, they're basically like, you have all this land and you can build right here, right, right in this little right. thing. And I think, it, I think when they first told us that, I think they were gripping for us to be like, oh my God, we, what did we do? We screwed up. But we really felt like, well, then have the land tell us what should be on it. Yeah. And so that's what happened. And we've got this funny shaped house. It's sweet. It's shaped like a pork chop. The building area is shaped like a pork chop. And so that's where in that space we can put the septic system. Yeah. Right. But the yeah, the house is more like an L. Well, the whole thing is like a pork chop. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the house is an L with the... The little tenderloin being the septic, right? Yeah. I think that's what it right. is. Yeah. The tenderloin but, being the septic. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird <laughs> phrase. But it's so, it was been so cool to see what house is supposed to be on the land rather than what do we want? Like we had to be totally, oh, we tell said, us land. We said we want to maximize the views. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You can see the water. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that was pretty much it. <laughs> and then to see the house that came yeah. out of what, yeah, where you could build is so right. cool. Yeah. This is like your budget workshop, having yeah. constraints and just in terms of your ability of what you can build. Right. Allowed you to align with the architect early in the project to say, well, this is what we're working with. Let's make it work. Yeah. So you both were aligned in that. If you didn't yeah. have those constraints, where do you start? Right. Mm -hmm. 
right you know it's like it's because there'll be a lot of regret right you'll say well i you know we should have built higher up on the hill mm-hmm. you know or we should have been down closer to the water right mm-hmm. it's it's having too much choice yeah that can be your your hardest thing to live with totally and yeah. there were so many restraints yeah. i mean it really it, it did kind of like i like how fred said that it did kind of make it feel safe like well we at least we yeah. don't have to make too yeah. many decisions yeah. now yeah. and and yeah. i saw it also as an opportunity for creativity mm-hmm. yeah you know, and i think our architects loved the challenge yeah yeah, yeah. that was huge too yeah. i mean if we had had an architect that was like oh we can't yeah. do this this is yeah. too hard mm-hmm. yeah. but our you know they were like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's take on this challenge and yeah. watching them study the land and study, you know, sunsets and sunrises and mm-hmm. angles of light. And the house is just built according to what's mm-hmm. happening in the nature of that, of that little slice of heaven. Right. It's yeah, it's been really cool. And yeah. then the town has huge oh yeah so oh, yeah. that you know it was like can't be yeah. too small can't be too big has to be like exact it's like goldilocks mm-hmm. the roof mm-hmm. has to be gabled can't go higher than this has to be this a lot of people get frustrated with that in in chillmark people get right. angry and try and push the limits mm-hmm. and um yeah for us it just felt like a little bit of safety like okay mm-hmm. just you just do that mm-hmm. you know and that informed the shape of the house because it's got right. the cool gable that's like right. off right. kilter and right. it's only goes so high. What decisions have you guys had that have been the hardest to make? The ones that you really spent the most time on? I think we went through a lot with this. Um, we had a plan to have a screened in porch for a while. And we right. loved in our Harwich house. You remember from, that porch? Yep. Yeah, you oh you remember that porch. You yep. will never get yeah. that porch again. That okay. porch was the most special right. porch I've ever seen. So we were really grieving that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we were trying we were grasping, like, well, how okay. do we how do we can we put a porch over here and put and it was not in our budget. It was not, you know, you couldn't build what we had in Harwich. It would just mm-hmm. be this little here, it would be like a little square, which felt mm-hmm. like um we actually don't have it a need for it here that much we don't have bugs really right that much um but that was i think that was the hardest thing for us to let go yeah Mm -hmm. we would have kept it if we could have afforded it our architect was pointing out that you know very early on that the whole living room is going to feel like a screen porch because we're going to have sliding windows that are yep. floor to ceiling right and so the inside outside boundary yeah. is going to be very yeah. blurred yeah and well that was a fun challenge remember the conversation alan is the oh yeah the husband and wife architect team mm-hmm. they're both professors at yale they're so you know fancy with their knowledge of architecture but they're oh, yeah. so down to earth and so much fun and when we were trying to let go of the screen porch, I mean, Dan and I were like, we were like hanging on with, you know, like cat claws to it. And Alan said, I'll challenge you. If you 
if you let go of that porch, I'm going to make your entire living room seem like a screened in porch. And I was like, I'll take your challenge. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think he said he was already yeah. doing that. And yeah. Yeah. he was saying that when the project is done, you'll, you'll see. And yeah. Yeah. But that was one of those trust elements of like, right. I had to trust him. And right. I, of course did, but right. I could see how you would, could get into some headstrong stuff there if you didn't trust your architect and you, you right. know, he actually thought the screened in porch was going to be a hindrance. I think you said that the part of it was letting go of that screen porch that, that was perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and like, I don't know yeah. if it was probably best to let it go because you would always be in comparison to that. Yeah. And that's a memory that's important to, to maintain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would never be as good as we had yeah. that house. And it also, I think it does take away from the simplicity. I mean, we couldn't mm -hmm. afford it. So it was mm -hmm. like, yeah. it has yeah. to go. But yeah. the whole time, Alan was like, whether you can afford it or not, it doesn't right along on this house right so but that what we fought we we fought for, with the architect not fought but we were like yeah. well we can how about we you know we tried all yeah, different put it over here yeah, let's we, put it over here we, you know and right so in the end i think one, one of the things that it makes decisions less scary is that we've done other renovations in the past we've been through right some stressful times in renovations right and gotten through it fine so this is like everything the timing of this project right. is perfect in so many ways right well to be honest too like we've had you for so long developing that trust really happened with you through projects mm -hmm. and yeah. you know so Gray Argansky and Stedman, who are now doing this, are really benefiting from our work with, with right. you, fully trusting. You know, when you renovated Newton, I mean, that was just a delightful experience. I mean, that was Thank just you. from start yeah. to finish, like zero stress and joy. We loved that. Yeah. People kept saying, aren't you stressed? I'm like, no, it's so much fun. Every day is like Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Like, yeah. what's happening now? What's Fred bringing us oh, today? <laughs> if I was away for a few days and I'd come back and the neighbors would be like, there were like 10 guys working at your house yesterday. I'm like, I know, isn't it amazing? We're like, it's all incredible. for us? We feel so special. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that happened because yeah. of you. And yeah shepherding our projects yeah. you know, the cave the windows you know oh all yeah that. yeah how do you measure success on on this project like now and and how will you measure it at the end i think for me the success is <clears throat> keeping the ethos of what we have always wanted within the constraints that we have from mm -hmm. land and restrictions to then budget to then COVID because COVID was huge. We couldn't get certain things. We got priced out of certain things. Right. Supply chain made it so that we just couldn't have certain windows. Right. So I think for me at the end, it'll be like, did we keep the ethos of the house with all the constraints we faced, you know, okay. all of the challenges that kept okay. coming up. And that's something you're checking regularly with the architects in terms of exactly. is that idea that we established earlier, is that 
Are we seeing it with the changes we've accepted? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that word ethos. Yeah. I mean, that really came from Lisa and Alan. When we came in, we had a beautiful piece of land that was, you know, in nature overlooking the water. And so what we wanted was a house that set naturally in that piece of land that took in the nature. Okay. And so whatever that, to me, right, that was sort of the ethos of the house was creating a home that made perfect sense in that setting with openness and Mm -hmm. natural materials Mm -hmm. and sustainability not being like greedy with resources or Mm -hmm. to me that feels like the ethos so how that has to transform through the project with the constraints and budget i think we've been able to to do that even though we've had to cut major costs we've had to cut things out of the project we've had to you know, do COVID, COVID pivots, as they call it, you know, like, oh, we got to go do this now or. Right. Yeah, I guess ethos to me, I guess what we're saying, like, to me, it's like the values and mm-hmm. the experience. One of the values of what the land and budget and sustainability, and then the experience of what it felt like to be in the house as you, if you could keep that mm-hmm. thread going right in in whatever changes we had right. to, then it's good right. to know like we had found this wood stove the wood stove is very important to us mm-hmm. in this house it's kind of key and it was outrageously priced mm-hmm. outrageous oh yeah i know and that wood stove <laughs> you know that wood stove you know, you know it oh, my god we were like what that's one of that wood stove too <laughs> so we had you know and then we this is one of the things i had to let go of just last week i mean i was obsessed with the wood stove i was obsessed Uh i was like i need to have that in my life well no you don't not for that money and but we wanted to keep the ethos of like okay we want a wood stove we wanted to create heat we wanted to create Uh experience with fire right we wanted it to look a certain way and so we picked something that was a tenth so much cheaper one tenth right <laughs> price but giving us everything we still wanted so that to right. me that's keeping the ethos right it's right. like keeping the value of what you know we're not those people that are going to just spend we can't spend can't well there's an experience there's an experience you're trying to sustain right. or or create or be honor right and it only takes so much to get there the, the rest is is not necessary Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, so that other ninety percent, in terms of more appealing aesthetic, or but the function and the core of it, you solved with in an efficient way. So right, it's probably Except, the better decision when you look back at it. Even if you had a the better way to it. spend yeah. money, yeah. Uh, certainly right. A better because it gives you an opportunity to build something else. Right, you know, because it's not all isolated. Right, exactly. Right. Or eat for the next right. few years because it right. was that expensive eat, yeah. we may have had to oh, starve <laughs> so that yeah that was one that was definitely right. an ethos mm-hmm. yeah well we just went back to what we want in a wood stove you know and right. it goes back to the whole project when we started with the design you know tell us what you want what's important to you whether it's right. and mostly it's about 
uh, inviting nature into the house in every possible way and keeping it as less impactful on the land as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to the fire, it's, yeah, I, I want the efficiency of the heat and Haven wants to see the flames and we mm-hmm. got both. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's, it's very easy when you just yeah. keep communicating what you want. Yeah, and thankfully, Dan and I have done well in this build, but unfortunately, you had to learn that you were part of when it didn't, we were fighting over building with the Newton house, but we learned a lot about how we are in relationship Mm -hmm. in building through, you know, our previous projects. And again, so like, you know, our team now is benefiting from the from the work we've done before. Right. Because we struggled with decision making together through other projects. Right. And now we're like, we know who should be in charge of what. Dan knows the kitchen. I fully submit to hit the kitchen. Right. And then for me, it's sort of like the form, you know, the wallpaper, the fixtures, the <laughs> tile. Right. We figured right. that out, but that took right. that took a couple of projects to sort that out. Right. It could really do a number on a marriage. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so now's a chance for like maybe make it maybe takeaways. Um, if you had to give some advice. What was it that you're most proud of in terms of the decisions you've made in in building your team? I think it's been really helpful that Haven, she understands people. And when she gets to know someone, she can tell very quickly if it's going to be a relationship that she thinks will work or not. And so as soon as we met these architects, she already had a good vibe. And then when we went to go, we went to New Haven to, and spent an afternoon with them. Uh, by the end of that day, we knew it was going to be a good match. And, and she, she knew I could have, I would only guess, but she knows people really well. Mm-hmm. And so we, I think we nailed, and then the, well, then the architects helped us find the builder and the builder actually was really excited to work with them. So that's been the most important thing. The relationships that we've developed has mm-hmm. been just so important. The fact that they've been working so well is the reason why the project is going so well. I think we're a little bit brave because mm-hmm. we, um, well, first of all, t- dealing with untouched land is, um, you know, that's a little brave, but more so in that when we were supposed to break ground COVID hit Mm -hmm. right at the same time. And so everything halted. And in terms of what we heard from our architect, everyone was stopping their projects and Mm -hmm. they called us and, you know, we totally understand if you want to stop, if you want to back out. And we were like, nope, we're going to, let's forge ahead. Like, let's, we're going to trust that this is right. We're going to do this. And we were so right because to build now, we, we would have to cut off, you know, if we had, if we had stalled and just started now, 
the project would have been even more cut back. So I feel, you know, I think some people, I mean, and Fred, you know me, you know, it's like I'm the risk taker. I'm crazy. I'm always got some weird, crazy project cooking up. And I think a lot of people in my life would like me to pump the brakes a little bit. Right. I think I feel proud about knowing when I should pump the brakes and when right. I should go forward. And real estate and building is one of those places that I don't pump the brakes a lot. Right. I just keep going forward and create right. a team that I really trust. It, somehow it always works out. So I feel well, proud. That's because that, you're you're a pro. You're experienced at this. You understand it. I don't think it's yeah. luck. I, th I think I think you have a talent. Thank you. Well, I pick good people that I yeah. trust. I think you're open to be trusted as well. And I think that's part of the ability to people have good relations with both of you is your builder and architect trust you. I, that, that's something about you and the way you react to people and with people and, and are that allows people to work so well with you guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And, and we pay um, them on time. <laughs> which is huge. <laughs> Yeah. for a lot of people people don't of realize course. That. yeah but truly it's been from years and years of working with people and all the steps that have led us here and it takes practice you're going to make mistakes and you have to be gracious and admitting the mistakes and kind to the people that you've fallen with mm -hmm. and help each other back up i think you know you're going to hit some hard roads probably on the way out Mm -hmm. um, towards the end, but I'm sure you guys are going to lock arms and stand up together and have a beautiful home. And I think this is, this is, this is the home you're going to, next time I ask you that question about home, this is the, the house you're going to be talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've always had great experiences and I do think it's, you know, Dan and I, are, we have a lot of patience. I mean, our building on the cave, if you remember, sweet John Fuller, we call him mm -hmm. yeah, John. John rest in peace we joke because his building what did he build he built the porch right yeah by himself pretty much it took longer than build building the, porch, yeah. the sagamore bridge <laughs> yes and we yeah. just were patient through the whole thing and it was an yeah. amazing yeah, he worked he worked on that project for four years four years i mean that took. included the basement you know it's so important for us this is my age talking to like just go with the process like right. don't don't bring in drama or negativity because then it's just a bummer and then the project is tainted. So right. like, yeah, this is going to, we may hit hard times, but I don't think it will ever, we're not going to let it get yucky. Right. I just think it's really important for us that we just make sure we maintain positivity through all of this. Just knowing like no matter what, that's really the most important thing because the minute that breaks down, then the house breaks down. Like, right. the, and, the, and you know, as hokey smokey as it sounds, like the energy of the house breaks down. And I don't want that. No, that makes sense. You know, it's like this energy that's building the house, that's creating our home has to stay positive. So we'll, we'll just make that happen. It will just happen. <laughs> You're going to will it. To oh, I yeah. do. Oh yeah. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs>
learn to earn a presence on the left. But this great old nation was built on boy. I lose the package every day, mama, mama. Thanks for being here with us today at the Homeowners Institute. Our talk with Dan and Haven reminds me that our experiences are not often one that we have a lot of control over. But Dan and Haven's story shows how openly understanding where you're coming from and where you're going can really lead towards positive outcome. I think they really embraced what they learned and what made them more complete and better people and really focused on that as the inspiration for the relationship with homes moving forward. I find them really inspirational, and I really thank them for sharing their stories. I look forward to seeing their process evolve. Thanks, Dan and Haven.